Round one. Fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, hello, hello! And welcome, boys and girls, to the 287th episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. We're powered by Apit.net and those sexy legends over at Audio Technica. I'm extremely humble host, Brenda White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8 Bits. And joining me as is tradition, my podcast, Rod or Die, you can find her on them socials at Miss Ali Hart. Miss Ali Hart, how the bloody hell are you? It has been a busy, busy week. <laughs> It has been. There's a lot going on in both of our respective orbits this week uh, mm. on both sides of the globe. And uh, yeah, we're here. We're going to be uh, focusing wholly and solely this week on sort of news and, and updates and uh, reveals uh, tying to Summer Game Fest. We'll also be mm-hmm. uh, recapping and sharing our spoiler three, uh, spoiler-free thoughts on The Quarry. Yeah. But my God, it has been a busy week. But you're doing all right? Yeah, yeah. Just, you know. Sleeping when you can and living off uh, caffeine and energy drinks and probably not having the best diet in the world. So yeah, no, you do there. what you can do when you get old. So You are preaching to the choir there when it comes to abusing oneself by uh, neglecting the, the, the necessary <laughs> supplements you need from, uh, from healthy living, which is something that I am still not really doing. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I digress. What even is water? <laughs> what is water? I, I'm drinking water right now, so I'm better late than never. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a big week so far. We've had Summer That's Game crazy. Fest. We've had, uh, you know, obviously Netflix Geek Week doing the rounds. We had the Devolver Digital Showcase. So we're going to be focusing on those in the main uh, news section of THG. And then uh, we're also going to be then bringing you uh, another episode of THG during the week where we're going to be recapping the other game showcases that are going to be dropping over that sort of Sunday, Monday, Tuesday even Wednesday period now, uh, we've yeah, got two days. Xbox and Bethesda showcase. We've got a Capcom showcase. We've got the PC gaming show, Guerrilla Collective. So we're going to be grabbing all the best bits from all of that and giving mm-hmm. you another episode midweek. But that would also then cancel out our usual episode drop that would be coming out the following Monday. So you get two episodes in the span of, say, four days and then nothing for maybe 10 days. Spread it out. We'll exactly. put it on slow, so... Slow mode. cook, slow mode, slow Make mode. Us talk slower, so oh it, yeah, chat. It is it chat mode? Streamer mode? Chat mode? What are they called on Twitch? I don't know. I don't know. We're sounding old. Every every episode we do, we say one thing that makes us sound old. <laughs> we sound very very old. Should we should yeah. we talk about like should we end in what we've been up to here by diving onto the quarry and then we can move into the usual parts? So maybe we'll talk on the other things first. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. Um, I know mine's going to be relatively quick. Um, I, I guess it's also foreshadowing of the what we're going to talk about this episode. But um, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, when these events happen, we're usually uh, gifted a few demos available, essentially after trailer or whatever. And there was one demo um, when I saw the trailer, I knew that I had to play it ASAP. Um, and it's called Metal Hellsinger. I, the second I saw this 
uh, showcase yesterday in Game Fest, I thought of you straight away. And I wasn't going to say anything until today, but then I woke up this morning to you <laughs> dropping an Instagram story of this exact game, this demo. I went, well, my work is done without even doing anything. Yeah, um, yeah. I like loaded up the the demo and you know, got some aggression out. It's it's really like it is. Uh, it does feel like that game was like made for me. It's a, like a rhythm first person shooter, um, like game with a full metal soundtrack, and it just has some amazing people from the metal scene in the music industry um, involved and. It, it it's exactly what I expected, but even like better. Like if for anyone that is a big fan of like Doom, and how Doom just has like that chunky music and you're just killing things, it's very it has that same you know similar vibe to it. Um, and then anyone else that's maybe if you've played like Crypt of the Necrodancer, um, where you kind of have to hit things in beat to get like uh, multipliers in like score, and then like. It is so perfect and it's just good, like head banging. Like I, I, as I was playing it, I found myself just like, you know, like banging my head in time <laughs> while I was like playing the game. It was good to keep in rhythm as well, but it was just the music's really, really good. So, um, yeah, like it was like I, I'm so glad they made a demo. I'm sure I probably didn't really need to be sold on it anyway, but um, having the demo out there um, on Steam was just, it, it worked out for me and it's, it's very much my thing. So I'm looking forward to when that one comes out. And the, the recording artists that are on this soundtrack or part of this game, I don't know what the best way to describe it as, it's impressive. It's like, you know, Matt Heafy from Trivium, Serge Tankian from System of Downs on there, guys from Soilwork and all like... The who's who of, of prominent current heavy metal like royalty, I guess you could say. Like yeah. there are some big names lending their vocal and musical talents to this game and it, it looks a ton of fun and the music is so crunchy and combining that with like headshots and like gun blasts when you're shooting demons Slicing from hell, like people. it's just ugh. Yeah, and like this, I also want to point out that there's this um this voiceover narration that's kind of telling you about the situation, the story of like what's happening in the game, and it's so good. Like, cause, like it's not what I would have expected. Like, I I, I would have expected some, you know, deep storytelling, mm-hmm. but it's like like I don't want to get get the get it wrong, but to me, it kind of like reminded me of a bit southern. Oh, nice. Like, you know, so um. Like it, it was great, and I so far I like that that element to it as well. So overall, it's a really neat package um, for any metal lover, or I guess, like I said, anyone that's a fan of Doom that doesn't mind a little bit of rhythm. It, it looks fun, and uh, yeah, I I don't know if I'll I'll play the demo or at least wait till the full release because I think it's coming out later this year, right? You said I think it's back end of this year, uh, making its way yes, to Steam. Yes, I think that's right. Let me just quickly double check before I say anything actually i know i don't maybe we haven't got a date for that one somewhere in the next 12 months it'll be out yeah hopefully i think that's a good broad (laughs) the sooner the better really but i'm you know as the years have gone on i'm never gonna like have my fingers crossed on anything so (laughs) but yeah but now you you recommend it so far from just uh that that demo slice that demo yeah yeah lots of fun lots of lots of lots of fun yeah, it looks it looks super fun and it's right up your alley. So uh, I'm oh. happy happy that it checks those boxes. Um, before we jump into the game, we've both been collectively playing. I just wanted to touch on some stuff I've been watching. Surprise, surprise! Um, I've I've been watching some anime, but first and foremost, 
I've, I've peaked those first few episodes of The Boys Season 3. Oh my goodness gracious me, get that in your eyeballs as soon as you can. That's all I'm going to say. If you thought Season 1 and Season 2 got insane, this is like somehow elevated to the next level again. Like the opening scenes in Episode 1 of Season 3 is some of the most unique stuff I've seen in television ever. That's all I'm going to say. Like, um, yeah, it is, it is a thing seeing one of the, one of the soups and the powers that they have and how that plays out in these opening scenes by golly, it is, uh, it is memorable for, um, you know, probably all the wrong reasons, I guess you could say, Uh, as far as other things, I binge watched last Saturday night on Saturday or Saturday afternoon into Saturday night. I started watching this anime called your lion, April, it's it's a 22 episode anime available on Crunchyroll. Uh, was was done from a from a manga that that ran in 2011 to 2015, and the 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 really rough shot of it is it focuses on this 14 year old piano prodigy um, named Kosai, and his mother passed away. But like ever since she passed away, he can't really hear or, or feel the music. Like his world is like monotone. Like he's just numb to it. He's lost all his ability. And then he has this chance meeting with this uh, violinist called Kauri and sort of her, her now ambition is to try and play with, with uh, Kosei and, and, you know, get him back to feeling normal and, and make him feel comfortable in front of the piano and just live life again. That, that's it in a very rough snapshot. I won't go into the broader tissue of, of the show, but this is one of, like, I reflected on this for a few days after watching it. And this is one of the best things I've ever watched regardless of anime, film, TV, anything like that. Like this thing hit me in ways that I was not prepared for. Like those 22 episodes, eight hours or so, give or take of a watch. And I did it in one hit. And out of those 22, I reckon I cried constantly for at least half of these. And by the end of it, my eyes were on fire because it was just, you know, the stingy salt residue. And I was just a mess. And it was beautiful and heartfelt and funny and touching and all these things and it's still sitting with me now like I'll I'll have a moment like throughout my day where I'll just think of it and it just like makes me feel like sad or happy and like it's resonating and and, like still with me today Uh, today I watched it a week ago now but um yeah it, it hit me in ways I did not expect it was beautiful and my goodness gracious is it um a must see for 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 anime fans in general good storytelling i think it's it's an anime that came out um in in 2015 2016 i think so it's it's been around for five six years it's been uh doing the rotation but it's yeah it's a single one shot fully encapsulated story you get a beginning a middle and a conclusion all nicely wrapped up i've since gone and bought the entire manga 11 volumes so i've got that i'm probably going to read those through and just be as equally a blubbering mess but it was just so beautiful and unexpected and it just knocked me for six miss heart. I was uh, I was a happy yet very broken man by the end of it at like one thirty in the morning on Sunday by the yeah. time this finished up. Yeah, I I think that's beautiful. Like there's a there's a lot of media out there and you know, we all react to things differently, but you know, I always find that if the media makes you cry or it scares you, like I think those two are very strong emotions. Emotions? But um yeah, I, I I think if you can make a person feel like that kind of like overwhelming sadness or happiness to make them cry, I think you've done a pretty pretty good job. So 
Um, sadly, I won't be watching this because you told me it made you cry. Um, I re- really try to stay away from anything that will make me sad. That's that's fair. That's fair. But it's it's a beautiful, beautiful story. And yeah, there's some funny moments, some nice, awkward, romantic moments that I think a lot of teenage usses could relate to. And then some real heartfelt, real, real like real life drama and things that happen within families and you know losing family members and struggling with self belief and things like that. And it was it was stunning. But um, shifting the tone, I'm just going to quickly bring this back just to get your quick temperature check on it as well and ask Miss Hart, are you going to weeb or not to weeb on this one? So I'm going to read this synopsis here and you can just tell me, are you in or you out? You know, your thumbs okay. up or your thumbs down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Masamune Izumi is a high school student who writes light novels. Sagiri Izumi is a shut-in who never leaves her room. A year ago, she became Masamune's little sister, but one day, Masamune describes a shocking twist. The artist, Iro Manga Sensei, who has been drawing illustrations for his novels, is none other than his little sister, Sagiri. His cute little shut-in of a sister who has been living under his roof is using an obscene pen name and draws lewd illustrations. So, Miss Hart, are you in or are you out regarding Iro Manga Sensei? I don't know, because like I got really confused on who's who in the zoo with that one. Um, but I like I like the idea of like so, like so the the sister who's drawing the met like the raunchy pictures, she's like a recluse. Yeah, so so it's it's a brother and, and I guess like the um his sister, his sister uh, Sagiri is like they've adopted her. Yeah, so she's only been living under the house for a, for a year under their roof. Masamune, he he's writing light novels and he's just been dealing online only with Iromanga Sensei is the pen name who's who's drawing all the the great art for his light novels. But then she's sort of a bit of a internet celebrity because she's drawing lewd and and sort of pretty busty thirsty um, illustrations. So she's really big in the in the space. But then there's this situation where he realizes that his little meek, quiet, introverted uh, recluse sister is the one drawing these. And then there's this sort of awkwardness and acceptance from both sides that they realize, oh, my brother's the the light novelist, and and my sister is the the smut drawer. How's this all going to work in in the writing game? So are you in or are you out on Iromanga Sensei? I guess I'm more in because you've got me curious. Like I want to learn more about it. So I'll say that that's an in because I haven't completely dismissed it. I'm in. I'm, um, I'm watching it through. It's actually only in a subbed version. So this is my oh. like re-entry into the, the subbed uh, Japanese voiceover of an anime for the first time in a little while. So I've got to give it my full attention. I'm five episodes in. It's really funny. It's really quirky and kooky, and uh, yeah, it's 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 very interesting. It's uh, it's uh, what it's, was the name? it's got Iromanga Sensei is the show, the anime. Yeah, so it's it's only been out. I think came out at the back end of this year slash into early twenty twenty two. So it's it's a recent addition. It's on Crunchyroll, and um, yeah, it's it's dumb, fun, and it's pretty great and much more light hearted than. Your line April, which uh, absolutely shattered me to pieces. But uh, <laughs> shifting gears now back to the gaming space, and thanks to those legends over at 2K via Supermassive Games, we've been uh, provided some copies of The Quarry, which has released in an official capacity in the last 24 hours. So it's available worldwide on all platforms. So if you are itching, 
to play some very great choose-your-own-adventure throwback horror. The Quarry is a game for you. So, uh, listeners, we will have a uh, spoiler cast out in the next couple of weeks. We're just going to sort of marinate and work our way through the the game itself, come back, share our thoughts. Uh, sadly, the, the multiplayer version of the game um, is not available until July. There is the couch co-op option. So you could potentially play with someone locally under your roof, but we won't mm. be able to play across the across the globe right now until July. So that will have to wait. But Miss Hart, what's your early feelings on the quarry? You you digging it? Yeah, it like it it really is like night and day um, from the previous titles, and I'm trying to figure out what it what it is about it that um that's captivated me and really kept me interested, and that's really like standing out for me. And I think it's just the cast. I think the cast in this one is just doing an incredibly organic, like, like in, in interactions between each other. Like there are cheesy moments, but every every interaction between these characters, like it, it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like out of place. It doesn't feel like jolting and everyone's really giving it their all and I'm just very impressed and I'm very like captivated by the story and even like getting already getting attached to like characters so it's it's been really really enjoyable like full full disclosure listeners neither of us have finished just yet I'm I feel I'm right at the doorstep as far as the last chapter I'm I'm in chapter eight at the moment so I reckon I'll have this finished between now and tonight but uh, I think we've had enough time collectively between us to be able to, to shape a pretty good refined opinion yeah. as far as the gameplay. Like the loop, anyone that's played Until Dawn or any of the Dark Pictures anthology games knows the loop. It's it's a pseudo walking sim with quick time events and uh, you know, butterfly effect situations where if you choose to go left, it's going to remember that later and potentially blow back in your face or help you out in other circumstances. So... You've always got to be paying attention to what's on screen because those quick time events, they come up regularly and they're, you know, unscripted or untelegraphed. Like I had one last night where I was midway through sipping my cup of tea. I had the controller in my left hand, my teacup in my right hand and a quick time event came up and luckily I managed to sort of position my chin on the joystick to sort of push it upwards to do the the, the up QTE to, to avoid any yeah. drama but it got the heart racing like cuz you've got to be fully immersed in this game you can't be on your phone scrolling or watching something else out of the corner of your eye you've got to be giving the quarry your full attention otherwise yeah. your campmates they'd be dead they'd be dead quick <laughs> um th- there's a lot of like great um like nostalgia nods to the 80s horror um like just in general being set in a like a summer campsite that's like one of the most cliche kind of like horror slasher kind of scenes so having being set in that environment feels pretty like organic and natural um but like there's other little elements that I like that like um as you mentioned that when you make choices it essentially sends you down a path and how they kind of record these choices or for you to follow along your path they 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 have like the little video cassettes to show you like what the part what's the path that you cho- chose and you can like 
you can like kind of fast forward through it, but they have like the classic like video cassette sleeves with the old 80s style kind of covers. And I just thought that that was just brilliant. Just like, it's such a little, little detail, but like, I really appreciated it. I, I loved that nod. So, but yeah, overall, there are a lot of similarities to all the other previous games. So if you are, if you are a returning player, you're not going to be too lost. But if you're a new player, I think they still do pretty well explaining things and what to expect and cause and effect and everything like that. T- totally agree. And on that sort of 80s reference, it sort of confused me for the first 10 minutes or so, I'd say. Because, yeah, like the whole aesthetic and vibe, it's it's 80s slasher, 80s horror. But then it's set in, in present day. <laughs> present so, like, day, yeah. like it's it, the game spins up and you're looking at yeah, like a an old computer from like the back end of the 80s and everything's grainy and VHSE, and you sit there and go, okay, so we are in a bit of a time capsule here and then it opens up with, with Max and Laura driving towards the camp and there's a smartphone using that as a GPS. I'm like, hang on, where are we again? And then, then I sort of connected the dots. I'm like, okay, so we are sort of in, in 2022, but they've just sort of lent into this because this old... This old summer camp hasn't really, I guess, been touched up since the 80s. So that's sort of where the nods and the references are. But the cast is great. The The, the mocap work is phenomenal. I did notice a few times, like, it felt like almost a tale of two games as far as the mocap work goes. Like, from probably halfway through the game onwards, it looks stunning. Stunning, stunning, oh, stunning. Okay. And it's weird to me because in the early, <laughs> in the early chapters especially like during the daytime where you've got a, a character sort of outside and they're, you know, having an exchange with another character, the, mm-hmm. the way that the light rays are sort of bouncing through and sort of framing their hair silhouette, it's real like it's pixely. Little, and- yeah. There's this little like weird, almost like, like a, like a thick border around the character design that you, there's like a pixelated um, division between usually like a background kind of like blur and then the main character design mm. and there's this like weird border around them. It is it it can be a little bit distracting, um, if you especially if you're not really paying attention to the story or what's being said. But um, yeah, I I definitely noticed that detail. It really improves in the back half. Like I don't know okay. if maybe they need to patch those first chapters to make it a little bit prettier but like it did feel like I went on like I'm not going to say PS4 to PS5 but it sort of felt that way where I know I noticed this visual difference halfway through the game went holy shit this is stunning this is awesome the character models are great all that sort of weird texturing around the around the hair and things is gone Uh, even in a few of the early chapters I noticed occasionally on a character or two it wasn't the same one each time Occasionally, one of their eyelids was shut or open more than the other yes. one. Did you notice that yes. too? Yeah, I had a scene at the start um, with one of the main character, like one of the characters that they interacted with, and it's meant to be a bit of a serious like moment where you probably should be alert. But something happened where the character model was like winking permanently through the entire scene. I'm like, what the hell is happening? And then there was another time where the person was having a conversation, but their eyes were shut. Or maybe they were meant to be looking down. Um, I have to say there's been a few funny scenes that I've had where one of the characters is shorter than the other characters and they're meant to be having a conversation, but her eyes are just staring at the character's boobs. 
like the entire conversation and I just had to giggle because I'm like I know that it's like there's something that's happened with like you know the mocap or whatever that's kind of done this but it's just funny that they're having this conversation and she's just like staring at the other girls like boobs just dead on like no no blinking or anything just and I thought that was kind of funny um and there are a lot of moments where I feel like someone's other eye is like wandering off in a weird way. So, um, but I feel like these are the things that I maybe kind of mentioned in the previous games. I also f- still find their teeth. They're all unsettling. perfect and they're all very shiny. They're very unsettling. shiny teeth. To me, they just stick out way too much and it just like, it always catches me off. But apart from that, like I still, I still like a lot of the character designs and all the models that they've used and, um, you know, incorporating the likeness of the actual voice actors. So, yeah, they they nail the likenesses, and it's great. There's there's a lot of uh, representation in the game. There's a lot of diverse backgrounds there, and then sort of drilling deeper to those '80s horrors of yesteryears. It, it, they've got every type of trope and stereotype. They've got the jock, the pretty girl, the the nerdy one, the introverted one. You know, they've they've got they check all the boxes. They've gone through you know storytelling 101 from from horror movies of yesteryear and went okay we need this 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 and then put a current sort of wrapper on it and do some things a little bit differently but the story is really cool i'm liking where it's going and how it's playing out so far like i'm not going to spoil anything because this is a game you need to experience yourself because we are all going to get different stories and different outcomes um Mm. the only thing i'll say relating to my story so far is not one i've managed to keep all my counselors alive as at time of recording so i'm pretty deep in the game and i've managed to keep them alive there was a few times where i'm like if i miss miss hit that button or took the the shortcut as opposed to the path there's i know that i would have been cooked but I've managed to keep them all alive and that uh, I feel pretty good right now. I feel pretty good. I want to get them all out of this camp as unscathed as possible with all the necessary evidence you need to collect because there's one thing I'll mention as far as the collectibles in this game. There is plenty, as as Miss Hart alluded to, but one mm. of the things that you want to be paying particular attention to is uh, there's I think there's 12 or 11 pieces of evidence. So no doubt by the end of this game, you're going to have a situation where how many of you might survive or if they all are dead, I guess the evidence doesn't mean anything. But if you survive, you need to probably present that evidence to the police to say, this is what's happened. I am not responsible here. Da-da-da-da-da went down and here's why. So just be mindful to grab everything you can during your playtime because it all serves a purpose. Damn it. It's like my the one thing that I can't do about these games is that I am a stickler for making sure I've checked every nook and cranny and picked up every little thing. Um, so that's gonna get me. I'm, I'm gonna have a slower playthrough because I'm gonna be just so freaking picky and detail oriented. And it's a slow game in general, like like you can walk or you can briskly walk. And if you come near like if you have to go up steps, you can only go one speed you can up briskly the steps. Briskly walk. Yeah, yeah. If you hold in L one, you can sort of walk a bit faster. So, so make sure you hold that L one when you can, because uh, when you are looking around for these things, and because the the map itself is very big, like the areas are huge, and if you're looking for certain items or just trying to scan areas, just be holding that L one in, just so you can get there that little bit quicker. That's my recommendation. I've been slowly walking, <laughs> <laughs> just seeing the sights, but yeah. the the universe 
in general though, like especially during those the day, like you were talking about a scene you're in where you're walking out getting some firewood, seeing the light rays coming through with the ray tracing and stuff oh. in these wooden woodland areas, it's stunning. Yeah, like that particular scene is really pretty. There's a lot of scenes where they're just like looking, just just looking at the scenery and the the mountains and the lake and everything, and it's pretty impressive, like how pretty it is. Like there's moments where I'm like, man, that looks nice. I could. I could hang out there, and then you know, obviously not. But yeah, I'll say <laughs> one pretty. one other negative thing, especially on the scenery. It has got some of the worst water effects slash animations I've seen in a long time. Wait until you oh. see some scenes where you know someone, something, whatever is in the water, and you see the water splashes. It is oh, oh no. it's is bad. Is bad. <laughs> Oh, now I'm really going to pay attention to it. Uh, you, you can't miss this. You can't miss okay. this. But overall, this is definitely 8-bit approved from my oh, perspective. Yeah. I am loving this game. Like, yeah, it's got a few warts on, on its exterior, but at its core, it's a stunning game. Until Dawn's one of my favorite games of all time. I'm not ready to anoint this as the, the Until Dawn killer at the moment. Mm-hmm. See, how, see what happens when, when the game's all said and done, but... It's really, really good. It's definitely stronger than all the uh, Dark Pictures Anthology games so far. Yeah. Sad to say, but yeah, it's true. And the soundtrack's pretty thumping too. They, they yeah, weave okay. in music here and there in certain scenes, and there's some there's some bangers. So far, I haven't really been too impressed with it. Like, um, the Hallowed Death one at the start of Until Dawn was a bit rough, but I kind of associate it with it now. Um but the one that this game started with was rough. It gets better. So. There's some good tracks. They weave okay. them in in nice pivotal and key moments of the game. And it's really great. I love this game. And, and I'm excited. Like, I don't usually replay games. I'm usually a one and done type of guy. But a game like this that is m- meant to be replayed to see these other outcomes, I'll be You're jumping back kill in. Them all now. Yeah, because there's some characters like, you know, as is those those tropes. There is some characters you'll mesh with and other ones that you will hate. So it's like, mm-hmm. do I just do what I can to kill this person? Or do I try and give them like a a nice redemption story arc where I just pick the, the nice discussion exchange instead of the aggressive and the dickish behavior ones? Like, which way do I go? Do I try and yeah. reform all these people or just kill them all? Yeah. It's so it's good so though. Anxious. Check out the quarry. Available everywhere. Uh, sadly, no cross-play. So just be mindful if you are looking to play the multiplayer with friends next month when it releases, it's going to have to be platform to platform. So we're on PlayStation 5, we can't play with people on Xbox and vice versa or PC. So you're just going to be stuck in that ecosystem, but it's really, really good. Couch Cop available right now. There's the movie mode in it too. So if you don't want to really experience the game from a playing and stress standpoint, but you want to sort of watch the game, you can click the movie mode in there and it'll sort of just play out the scenes and the moments just in front of you so you can watch it because there is big extended talking points where it feels like you are watching a TV show or a movie. Yeah. And I think, and I, I like sometimes I think with the previous titles, like that's why I actually wanted to point out how well the acting was in previous games. They were like of the, of these, this particular, like the anthology specifically, like I just felt like a lot of the interactions was really, you know, rough 
And yeah. I think that's what they've done really well with this one. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. But uh, yeah, we'll have a spoiler cast coming out in the coming weeks, diving deeper on our experiences and discoveries with the quarry. But for now, we can yeah confidently say that this is an 8-bit approved title. It's available on every platform. So if you're looking to jump into a great horror, fi- horror game slash horror film, I guess you could say in a way, um, this is well worth, well worth your uh, time and financial investment so uh the quarry by supermassive games published by 2k officially 8-bit approved uh let's jump into a quick bit of housekeeping before we start unpacking these massive showcases and events this past week so obviously ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit if you wanted to support us monetarily you can do so over there from the low low price of one dollar per month to get you exclusive access to perks giveaways and a whole host of other swagger speaking of swagger if you wanted to get some 8-Bit merchandise. Shop8bit.net is the place to go to get tees, hats, hoodies, and everything else in between. And we'd also like to announce our winner of our first ATH GL3 gaming headset giveaway courtesy of those legends over at Audio Technica. Go check out their sexy new website right now. Get yourself a new headset, new headphones, microphones, turntable. You name it, they've got it. You want it, go get it. Shout out to at InBeno. We trust over there on the Instagrams for winning that ATH GL3 gaming headset. Do we say we've got another giveaway running right now or do we maybe wait a week and let it marinate a bit, Miss Hart? What do we do? Let's let it marinate. Let's let's everyone, let's kind of hit the reset button. It's a crazy week for everyone to keep on top of things anyway. So let's wait a week. That's it. All right. So, um, yeah, we will announce when the next giveaway will be live. We'll be giving away another ATHGL Gaming 3 headset as well as maybe maybe some 8-bit merch. Maybe we'll chuck an 8-bit T-shirt in there or a hat or a hoodie, something like that as well. So we'll uh, pad that little snack pack out. But let's jump into the main meat and potatoes of episode 287. This week's news headlines. And I just wanted to start things off with the super quick Netflix Geeked Week gaming recap so we're not going to be talking about the previous days, highlighting just broader Netflix stuff and going into Stranger Things and other TV content. We're just going to yeah. be focusing on the gaming-centric stuff. So I'll give you just the main hit points here, Miss Hart. So uh, we've got a Castlevania Nocturne uh, debut trailer showcasing Richter Belmont. No exact date for when that's going to be airing uh, was made available, but nice little mm. teaser there to, to keep those uh, Castlevania fans hyped. Uh, Dragon Age Absolution is making its way to Netflix this coming December. Uh, we've got a Sonic Prime trailer, and it also confirmed that Big the Cat and Froggy will be appearing in the series as well. So a couple of stalwarts from that Sonic universe that characters and players alike adore. Uh, we also had confirmation that Cuphead is getting a second season, and it is actually arriving in August on the 19th, so we don't have to wait long at all for season two of Cuphead. And lastly, multiple Netflix TV series are getting tie-in games. So Shadow and Bones Destinies is a single-player RPG. The Queen's Gambit, Chess, is obviously a chess game. La Casa de Papel follows a spin-off story from Money Heist. And Too Hot to Handle lets players experience the dating show drama for themselves. And on the back end of that, we also heard more about our Netflix and Devolver Digital partnering up, where we've got Reigns, Three Kingdoms, Terra Nil, and Point P. Uh, making its way to the Netflix library of games that are available for free for all Netflix subscribers. So, uh, some some good um, good positive updates and new announcements. Uh, Cuphead Season 2, that's cool. I still haven't watched much of Cuphead Season 1. I think I've watched the first two episodes. I need to go back to that. Um, Same. I'm excited for more Castlevania. I'm excited to see what they do with Dragon Age. 
and I guess I'm interested to see how a Shadow and Bone game is going to work out because I enjoyed the Shadow and Bone series. I thought that was a, a good sort of fantasy magic-based show. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I really, really wish now knowing that they did make a Queen's Gambit show, I really wish that they kind of did like some weird twist where it's like, but it's an RPG. Um, <laughs> or it's a, you know, it's a first-person shooter or you know, it's a builder. Um but yeah, it's just a chess game, which I guess makes more sense. But it would kind of be, be cool if you could walk around or, or travel the globe and beat people at chess, or have to beat them in certain ways, or you could upgrade your board somehow. I don't know. Yeah, like add more wrinkles to it than just chess. Yeah, why would you make a stupid chess game out of a chess movie? Um, but yeah, like Netflix's Geeked Week is pretty um, thorough. It's full of stuff. Um, it's always impressive to kind of see like everything that they churn out. I just think that yeah, the biggest thing was um, Netflix slowly showing their showing their collar in the uh, games side of things. So um, yeah, very interesting to see how that evolves over the coming months. They they did announce a few other games that are going to be dropping exclusively mm. or releasing through their through their gaming arm of Netflix as well. But uh, there's so much out there. We might drop a link into the overall recap. IGN's got a great one of all five days, so I might just mm-hmm. drop that in there, and you can have a look and see all the announcements regarding new things from movies and TV and games and the like. And uh, yeah, because there's tons of links to you know what's happening with Stranger Things and and a whole host of those other sort of Netflix stalwart shows that people are super horny for. Um, If we jump across and shift gears to uh, Miss Hart's probably favourite developer slash publisher out there, and we're talking about Devolver Digital, obviously. Uh, So recapping the showcase, uh, from a games perspective, they they highlighted five games in particular, but they also weaved in a lot of that Devolver beautiful insanity and curiousness and quirkiness and just madness that Devolver have uh, been known for for many a year now. But as from the game side, Cult of the Lamb got a bit of love. Uh, Angerfoot, Card Shark, The Plucky Squire and Skate Story were the five games that they uh, highlighted there. Mm. Where do we want to start with these five games, Miss Hart? I mean, Cult of the Lamb, it just looks so damn adorable and it's, you know, dark dark way um so i'm definitely interested in that one um the the style of it too is very very cute i like how the art style is um reminiscent of um don't starve together yeah reminded me of that and remember castle crashes do you remember that game from back in the day yeah kind of yeah 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 very very cute art style yeah you're playing a possessed lamb who must start a cult in order to pay back the strange spirit who saved his life so the cool thing with called the lamb it's coming to PC and consoles on August the 11th, so we don't have to wait too long to uh, join this uh, this sheep-based cult here. But equal parts creepy and cute. It looks really fun. I like that there is a bit of darkness wrapped in amongst the the cutesiness and the just um, casualness of the aesthetic. Like it does does look interesting and fun and enjoyable. Like a kid could play it, but then there's also yeah. this bloody you know cult-based. Uh, cult-based uh, undertone Sacrificial, going on with demons like, and possessions. Yeah. No. So no. Definitely for me, though. Definitely, definitely. The other one there um, that uh, was of interest, and, and you said you watched a bit of actual gameplay slice of it today, was Angerfoot, uh, <laughs> which is set in, in the caffeine-fueled fever dream of a place called Shit City. Oh, yeah, we know that place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I lived there for a while. 
I know. I think I've lived there too. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think? You you said you watched the the kind of funny guys stream this this morning. Yeah, because I wanted to see if it was just like you know how sometimes there's those games that kind of come out that are gimmicky um and like no substance but there's like this wonderful like wacky element of anger foot that just looks like you would just progressively just keep churning churning it out and keep playing it um the art style the art style's unique it's something i'm really drawn to it i'm usually not so um attached to like really out there kind of like artsy style when mm-hmm. it comes to games but there's something there, there was something actually that really appealed to me with this one and just the overall absurdity of it um like literally just like going around and you only can use like your character only uses its feet and like it's it's wacky i'm definitely keeping this one on my radar it looks really cool like the art style remind me a bit of like the no man the no more heroes IP oh, yeah. Yeah, had yeah. a little bit of that to it, where that. it's sort of a bit cartoony, but like real thick outlines on the Ow, characters, yeah. and and um, yeah, ripped straight from a straight from a graphic novel or a, a comic strip. And um, yeah, I I like the simplicity of the game, where you are just literally kicking kicking down doors and kicking people's asses. And hmm. I like to that there's a ton of shoes that you tame, which gives you unique abilities and skills. So you can, uh, you know, kick and kill people in a whole host of creative ways. Uh, it's making its way at this stage, I think, to PC only. don't know if they've confirmed that it's coming to console yet, but it'll be out next year in 2023. But uh, hmm. yeah, it looks fun and certainly something that uh, I think is on both our respective radars. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we obviously got some more showcase on Card Shark, which is available right now on PC and Nintendo Switch. It's interesting. Uh, I've I watched uh, I'm Four from Grace stream a bit of this during the week on Twitch, and it's it's piqued my interest. Will I give it a go straight away? No, but um, I like the thought of of lying and and playing cards and everything else in between to try and uncover these murder mysteries. So uh, we'll see. Hmm. We'll see. The Plucky Squire, though, it might be one of the best games I think I've seen showcased in the last couple of, like, in the last few days with these events. Like, it is stunning, and it's an animated adventure game where you are playing the the role of Jot, who is this young squire, and he's been kicked out of his own storybook, and it then becomes multidimensional, where the game starts, and it's a nice, cutesy 2D uh, you know, platformer, and he's just jumping along. You know, if easy, easy like easy comp. You know, you think of Wonder Boy and stuff like that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he gets kicked out of the kicked out of the book into like our world, and it's all three D. And so it goes from this two uh, D plane to this three D world, and it looked absolutely stunning. And I'll take some wording here you wrote down, and you said uh, it looks like it's something out of a Pixar movie, and damn straight, damn straight, hmm. it does. And man, it looks good. Yeah, um, I'm very impressed when like we have like these these like games that really pop out, and it's like the first that we hear of it, which I guess it should be the way, especially during Games Fest. But like this one was really impressive, so I was kind of kind of impressed that this is the first we're hearing of it, and this is the first like kind of snippet that we're seeing. So yeah, and the cool thing is it's done by uh, a studio based here in Australia, up there in Queensland, called All Possible Futures. So uh, nice. That's nice to know, but it looks good and it's already getting a lot of internet traction. Like you're seeing a lot of big streamers and content creators and news outlets pushing and promoting this one. So it sounds like another Aussie studio 
could potentially be in line to, you know, get a lot of positive press and potentially win some awards when this game drops in 2023 and it's making its way to every platform, which is awesome. And then the other game they showcase there is Skate Story. Uh, what do you think of this one, where you play as a demon made of glass skating through a beautiful yet ruthlessly oppressive underworld? Yeah, maybe. Like, the, like it looked cool. But I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say this one is high on my list. Yeah, it's it's you you read the you read the, the the game description itself, and it's like this is definitely Devolver. So um, yeah, you, you manage to convince the devil to strike a deal with yourself. If you can skate to the moon and swallow it, he'll allow you to leave hell scot free. So cool, uh, yeah. you're skating your way to the moon to try and eat it to be able to get let out of hell. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't one that sort of uh, was on, was a must play for me, especially because. Like skate fatigue, is that a thing right now? We've got a lot of skateboard games that have come out the last 12 months. Uh, you know, Ollie Ollie World and Skater XL and, you know, the Tony Hawk remasters, which were great. And then we've still got... Skatebird. Skatebird, which, yeah, was a bit of a bit of a misstep there. And a few other ones, like, you know, for all the skaters out there, awesome. But um, as far as the games that were showcased there, five, five good titles, five very diverse titles. What did you think of the other events surrounding their event as they typically do. I don't want to say, but this one was very lackluster. <gasps> I like, I, I feel bad because I, like I always look forward to the Devolver digital showcase and the theatrics and the wonderful like performances that they put in between and all the like, you know, call outs to the gaming industry that they, you know, kind of put in the, in the, you know, the, the, story i guess of their presentation and everything um but uh, i don't know like this this time around like it felt maybe a little little mellow like i don't know how to how to say that about a devolver digital presentation but i guess out of all of them like this one just seemed a little bit toned down yeah i might be wrong maybe i'm I'm with you it didn't didn't hit with the same impact that the ones in years past have done like the Mm. games I think the assortment of games they had was strong, but I also think for a few of the other events, they've showcased a lot more titles. Yeah, Feels like they've actually, had more usually. I, I, I think you're right, actually. I think it definitely... I was kind of shocked to see that it was on, the overall presentation was only 25 minutes. And then obviously, like we mentioned, like the, a good chunk of it's just the theatrics and the presentation. But yeah, like I think you're right. that This does feel like less less titles this year. I think I think we're still feeling and we will continue to feel the impact of COVID. Like we even saw in Summer Game Fest where uh, Jeff Keighley like read out a like like a press release or a release from a studio saying, you know, we wanted to showcase a game but we hadn't, you know. So there's there's this situation still impacting the design and creation and release dates and showcases of gaming and and it's gonna continue into the future, which which is a shame, but that's just the impact of COVID and just that continued ripple effect that's gonna that's gonna sort of play out over the coming years. But overall, yeah, the Devolver showcase is pretty good. There was a few games there that like are definitely on my my list as far as must plays in Cult of the Lamb, the Plucky Squire, and Angerfoot. Like I don't think Angerfoot would be a long play for me, but I just want to experience it myself and just be, you know, kicking heads in, running around shit city and uh, you know, living my best life. But if we jump across to, I guess you could say now the the official probably biggest 
showcase in the calendar year, would you say? Like, I'm not saying this <laughs> As one your was. voice gets higher? Yeah. It's definitely It's definitely one of the, like, you know, the mountains of uh, gaming events. This is definitely up there um, as being one of the pinnacles. But, um, yeah, I guess we'll get into, get into more about it, <laughs> why I'm so hesitant to kind of agree with you. Yeah, so, so Jeff Keighley's back again for another year with Summer Game Fest. We, we got... A, a, over two dozen or so games showcased and then a few other uh, personality appearances and things like that as well. But uh, the the overall vibe, I think we could probably just like put that at the end as far as our final thoughts on what we sure. thought Summer Game Fest was. But if we just do the quick play-by-play, I'll, I'll read through the the titles in, in order that they were showcased in the event and then we can just jump in and unpack ones where I think they're relevant. So... We got some more information on Street Fighter VI, uh, where we, we saw the return of classic character Guile uh, with his very stupid hair, but it's still there, and that's that's his thing. And yeah. he's somehow he's got gotten bigger. His, his arms. Oh, yeah, a little, little yeah. bit of a beard, but his arms are ginormous, as is yeah. Street Fighter tradition these days, I guess. Him and Ryu are just getting wider and wider. Yeah, yeah. But um, my husband pointed out that um, Guile almost has, like, a hump. Mm. Like, that's how beefcake he is he's just getting lumps where they they shouldn't be maybe yes because he's you know he's got to get down low all the time to get ready for his flash kick so he's so he's always hunched over ready for that kick maybe it's just sort of done some bad things to his spine but we're going to get more we're going to get more and we're going to talk about street fighter 6 more no doubt this week because there is a capcom specific showcase yeah. uh, this week coming uh, the next game that they that they announced this was this was a debut trailer for Aliens: Dark Descent. So it's a squad based isometric shooter coming in 2023. Apparently, it's single player only. The trailer didn't re- like as I think between ourselves, we're, like we're two of the biggest Alien fans that and I Predator. know, and Predator. Yeah. That that whole broader universe. Uh, also, shout out, go check out the tr- the Prey trailer for the new Predator movie. Mm. <clears throat> That looks so fucking good. Everyone that shits on Alien vs. Predator, see what this movie's taking a fucking page from. (laughs) But yeah, go check out that trailer, obviously, straight to Hulu or straight to whatever Aussie streamer here on August the 5th. But that trailer looks really good and I'm excited for that. But I'm not very excited for Aliens Dark Descent. This game uh, looks fine aesthetically it didn't wow me as far as no. the trailer and then the gameplay that they weaved into it as well uh like it's almost like yeah squad based alien diablo mess that i'm just like man i'm i'm, I'm not gonna play this and that makes me sad when i'm an aliens fan yeah it's it just seems like um especially with the aliens franchise um it's just a missed opportunity where I just don't think it looked good and the character models of the soldiers and marines or whatever, um, they, 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 I, the term I used was Fortnite-y where they, they're not extremely detailed in looking like lifelike. They've just got enough characteristics to kind of like have that familiarity. But like overall, like I guess as, as we move on with these games and stuff, especially if it is only a first, like a single player game, I, I would want something more prettier. I, I, I want, you know, details. I want the, you know, the details of spaceships and my character model and all that sort of stuff. I liked how the trailer ended. I thought that was cool. But like, apart from that, I am not sold on this title at all. Totally agree. Like, like 
Aliens Colonial Marines that came out a few years ago, which was a shit game, it still looked stunning. The gameplay was crap, but it looked great where this sort of is like an inverse almost where yeah, I couldn't help but think of like back. alien isolation. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that. I think that's, I think that's what I was kind of just, you know, like referencing and why I wasn't so impressed with it, I guess. Yeah. And, and for those that still are yet to play alien isolation, it is obviously part of Xbox game pass, but it's also on sale. I think on a few of the other platforms at the moment for like, maybe 10 to 15 bucks. So if you're a PC player only or a PlayStation player only, please play it. It is still the best Alien game to date. And yeah, Alien's Dark Descent just was not a big needle mover. The one that continues to move the needle for me though is the next game that they showcased, the Callisto Protocol. So we got a more gore-laden trailer that uh, was debuted the other day. And then we also got uh, a, a gameplay slice as well. And obviously this game's coming out on December the 2nd on PC and also um, Xbox and PlayStation. And I'm in. I'm so in on this. How about you? I've never had a game um, change my mind so damn quickly, like almost like just straight up telling me to my face, like, you're a fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> because like, like I went from like, like I don't care about this stupid title and then I saw bits and pieces I'm like okay it looks all right and then these this trailer and gameplay I'm like holy shit this looks amazing oh my god this is so damn gory like mm-hmm. I, I I've, I'm completely sold on this one now this looks just absolutely incredible and I also want to give a little shout out to the um the, the interview afterwards oh uh, um, yeah with uh, Mr. Schofield yeah, mobster. Um, that was the vibe I was getting from him. Um, but um, I just wanted to like say how good it was for not only him to kind of acknowledge um, Jeff Keighley and the work that he's done um, for game studios and everything like that, but he also kind of took a moment to thank his staff and everything because um, it was mentioned that it, everyone's extremely impressed that they're still on schedule to get this title out um, at the end of this year in December. Um, especially because everyone has been dealing with COVID issues and such. So it just, it looks incredible. It looks stunning. And the way the gameplay slice ended with the character getting spun up into that, like that, what would you like say? A fan like or turbine, something. yeah. Yeah. That was like, like there is going to be some hectic deaths and maulings and dismemberings going on come mm. December the 2nd. And, and yeah, this... This game, like, it's only been in existence, like, publicly for for about two years. So going from an announcement where they're, like, it's set in the PUBG universe, like what you said, where you're like, ah, science fiction, horror, yeah, cool, whatever, but PUBG, what the fuck, to now going, like, I need this day one, it's a testament to everyone involved, and, and I am very excited for this game. Jumping from there, we got uh, a look at a full level from the new Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2's campaign. Uh, So they showcase dark water where you're infiltrating a stormy oil rig in the middle of the ocean. Game's coming out on 27th of October. It's pretty. If you've played a Call of Duty game, you'll know what to expect. Um, It looks cool. It's going to be tight. The, The, you know, the... The cinematic experience that you get from that story mode in those Call of Duty games is always phenomenal. So I'm keen to to replay slash I guess see where they've taken the story because obviously they they've remade the game, but also added new characters and new levels. So it's going to be familiar yet new. 
And it looked it looked good. Like it's more Call of Duty. I'm not sad about it. No, I was actually really impressed with um what we saw in the gameplay. Like the details in like almost like the reflective surfaces because in this in this um campaign that we saw, it's like you've got water, you've got rain coming down, so and then you've obviously got all the um Oh crap, what are they called? Not crates. They're called containers, shipping containers. Oh uh, yep. Um, so, you know, everything from like reflective surfaces due to the rain and even like textures due to the containers and just metalworks and stuff. I was actually really, really impressed with it because it was, it was game, like it was game footage, wasn't it? So yeah, it was, that was all in, in game, in engine and it looks stunning. And yeah, obviously this, this game is going to sell absolute bucket loads come Mm. 27th of August and it's just going to do what Call of Duty does every year just be a a top seller be reviewed really well reinvigorate the multiplayer community and so on and so forth then we've got a trailer after that for Witchfire it looked interesting kinda yeah I read um, Medieval Doom yeah yeah and at the end like it's clear you're playing like some type of some type of witch hunter and you're sort of saying a prayer just before you're about to almost like cleanse a, a demonic site and then some big beastie comes through at you. And I'm like, yeah, okay, looks looks interesting. Not really on the high radar from there. Uh, the, the next game from there that got a bit of love and also had a had a talking spot where they did a bit of, bit of question and answer slash interview mm-hmm. with Roger Clark and Troy Baker who were part of this game with Jeff Keighley on their stage afterwards was a game called Fort Solace. Mm. So it's a sci-fi thriller set on a Mars mining outpost. The trailer itself didn't give a ton away. I think no. the weight you get from the back end of this was just seeing Roger Clark, who's back after Red Dead Redemption 2, and Troy Baker, who's obviously one of the one of the, the Mount Rushmores as far as voice and, and mocap for, for video gaming goes. And yeah, yeah it's it's interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, like we didn't, like you said, we didn't get too much. I think they were just more banking on the fact on who they had um, on their voice cast. So um, I guess we'll be hearing more and more about it later on. Exactly. It's just just nice to see him, uh, like Troy Baker here, bank like getting involved in investing in games instead of uh, NFT. There we go. <laughs> voice bites <laughs> and things like that. So yeah, yeah. So so this this next game, this was one of the ones that stood out for me in all of Game Fest as well, and it was Routine. So mm. it's a game that was announced over a decade ago and it just went radio silent for nearly you know ten or over 10 years. And the trailer, it's got that 80s VHS horror vibe in space again. So it's a space station that is haunted by big chittering robots is sort of the vibe that uh, we've got sort of penned here. Uh, the other part that I think is going to be cool, but we don't really get any of it, in the demo or the trailer itself mm-hmm. is Mick Gordon is providing the score, obviously, from, from Doom fame. But first-person space robot horror, real eerie and real creepy. The The world itself looks stunning, but it feels yeah. like, going back to when you mentioned Alien Isolation, it's like that where you're going to be very slowly walking through, trying not to alert anything and you know, hiding and, and running as much as possible, I'd imagine. Yeah, stealth horror. Um, it did it did look really impressive. Um, I'm gonna admit though, once this one kinda came up, I was starting to get exhausted thinking that I was kinda starting to see the same kind of stuff. That's <laughs> true. That's true. A lot of space horror. Yeah. A lot of space. A lot of, a lot of space. 
Space is scary is what I actually wrote in my notes for this <laughs> event. It's true. It's the unknown. Uh, something that was scary in the way that it was just a, got given so much focus and gave us so little was directly after this routine re-announcement is we got The Rock doing a, as uh, I think you described it perfectly before we started recording it, felt like Summer Game Fest found The Rock on Cameo paid whatever exuberant fee it was and said, hey, this is what we want you to talk about. And he's filmed this from his weight room at his house and he's waffling on and, and plugging his energy drink as much as he can and bullshitting about this and saying all these catchphrases. And then he's like, oh, and here's a, here's a shortened version of the Black Adam trailer that came out a couple of days ago, latest. Yeah. It was rough because I thought, like, I thought, I am pretty certain in the end, like, before the lead into him talking, there was, like, a mention of Fortnite. I was like, oh, that's right. And I was kind of expecting him to talk about something game-related, but not really. Just like you said, he was just plugging his energy drink and his new movie and how amazing he is. Um, Still glistening of sweat from, you know, him interrupting his gym set just to quickly pull out his mobile phone and record it. Um, it was a little sad considering the hype of like, we've got the rock. And it's like, he's, he, he, you, you were a FaceTime between sets. Like that's what that was. Um, sadly. And yeah. And just showing us something that we kind of already saw. Yeah. And it wasn't even the full trailer again. It was cut in half. Like I I thought for sure when he popped up and then, yeah, as you said, he mentioned Fortnite. I'm like, oh nice. He's going to announce a new skin or something. Or then I thought, okay, maybe he's going to announce the trailer or something to do with the It's Takes It Takes Two movie. Yeah, maybe. But not nah, Black Adam. I'm I'm you know I'm everything that Superman's not. You know I got all these powers and I kill dudes. Yeah. Now I'm going to go do drink. some more bicep curls. <laughs> so yeah, that was the that was the big uh, celebrity cameo moment of Summer Game Fest. Mm. Uh, jumping back into it, we got to our flashback two. Set 30 years after the original game. Obviously, Flashback was a, a side-scroll action platformer from from many, 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 many moons ago. And, uh, yeah, we sort of got to see what's happening with Flashback 2. It's been in development since May of last year. They haven't really confirmed when it's coming out. I'm assuming maybe 2023. But I didn't play the first... I know of Flashback, but as not being a PC gamer or having a PC when I was young, I completely missed this game. I, I've never played this one either. Like I was familiar with it, but I've never played it. I'm also going to quickly go behind the curtain. I am the person that put this in order and I just realized now by my notes, this one's in the wrong order. So anyone that's keeping tabs, I caught myself. This is in wrong order. But just <laughs> it's all <so> good. <laughs> that's all good. Um, but when this initially started, the trailer, and they were talking about, oh, we're bringing back a game from, like, and the way that the design, like, at first split second, I'm like, are we getting another world? That's um, what I thought, too. And I'm like, Ellie's going to be so happy. And then I'm like, I, oh, It was. Back. It was a very quick roller coaster of emotion. So, but I'm hoping that, because I'm sure I'm not the only one, like, you said it, too. So, hopefully someone, someone kind of just threw that into the universe and maybe we'll get another one. Fingers crossed. As is tradition, what's old will be new again. So it's yeah, inevitable. That's the way we're going, yeah. Uh, then we got a trailer from Frost Giant showcasing Stormgate, which is an upcoming real-time strategy game set in a post-apocalyptic future. Beta testing is coming in 2023. 
they had um, one of the the studio staff up there talking about it in very broad, ambiguous terms with Jeff Keighley for a second as well. Uh, not a massive needle mover for me, but people that love those RTSs, it looks like it's going to be more of the same as far as uh, what you're familiar with and the fact that there's ex-Blizzard staff tying into this. It means this game's going to hopefully come out with a bit of polish. I wasn't paying attention about the whole explicit stuff thing, but in my notes I said, what in the StarCraft bullshit is this? Um, and then they're go. like, <laughs> and then they said, um, yeah, Blizzard employees. I'm like, oh, um, yeah, this one rubbed me the wrong way. Like there was elements where they were like, you know, like they were trying to look graphically amazing. And then there was moments where everything just looked like Play-Doh. It was weird. And the fighting sequence of a mech punching the demon it looked like he like nudged the, just going, ah, oh, you, you little, you little. Just a little kiss, little kiss on the yeah, cheek. Exactly. So I don't know. This one, this one kind of made me feel like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was a few, like a lot of these games we're going to be talking about in this next little salvo is ones that didn't hit for the most part. Like I'm not going to disparage these studios and what they're working on. It's awesome that people are making their dreams become reality and, and building things they're p- so passionate about. But a lot of these games, at least for me, just, just didn't resonate the way I was hoping. Mm-hmm. But hopefully a lot of people out there that watch Game Fest is feeling very different right now and saying, Brendan, you're a dickhead. And that's fine if you say that because I'll, I'll take it. Uh, the next one, High Water. Got a trailer. It's an upcoming action-adventure game that aims to let players explore a world ravaged by the effects of climate change. Anything on that one? No, I said it looked pretty, but it, it didn't really do much for me. I said it looks nice. Yeah, the, the next one I think is going to be another quick mention and then move on. And we uh, got con- confirmation that Coffee Stain Studios is following up their viral hit Goat Simulator with not Goat Simulator 2, but Goat Simulator 3. And that's what confused me too. Like when it got announced, I'm like, wait, when do they do a second one? And then I realized it's like, no, nah, they've just jumped from one to three. I like that. I thought that was like, uh, also doing like the quick kind of like you thought it was um, going to be the zombie game, like because... Jeff Keighley said, "Take a bite," and everyone was like, "What?" And then it was, yeah, I I thought that was that was fun. Yeah, I thought thought it was what Dead Rising or um, is it called Dead Rising? What's but the, yeah, like the the zombie one that they did. I'm but, blanking on the name of it. Yeah, I'm blanking on it too. But like, I mean, Goat Simulator's like ton of fun. Um, that actually recently jumped on Apple Arcade for anyone that cares. But um, yeah, we're not doing two. We're going right to three. Mm, straight to three. You want to play number one beforehand? It's on Game Pass as well. I was scrolling mm. the, the store the other day and it's included in that Game Pass bundle. Uh, nice. We also then just got a After Goat Simulator 3. We got a new cinematic trailer revealing a new hero that will be an unlockable character for your team's roster in Marvel's Midnight Suns. We're talking about none other than Spider-Man. And to make it even cooler, he's going to be voiced by Yuri Lowenthal, who uh, voiced him in the Spider-Man game. So that's yeah. kind of cool. I think they've kind of mentioned it's not the same character, but it's still Yuri doing Spider-Man's yeah, yeah, voice. Yeah, different different Spider-Man, so not tied into the PlayStation or the Sony video game Spider-Man universe, but Yuri's come back to, to lend his vocal talents to that one. And the game is going to be coming out on October the 7th of 2022. So a couple of months down the line, we'll be able to experience spider-man working with ghost rider working in with wolverine working with whoever else blade and um yeah like i'm gonna give it a go i'm not a big strategy player but i want to at least try it out yeah i this really one this does 
doesn't shake the pulse for me. My husband's going to play it. Apparently, he's very excited for this one. So maybe I'll I'll live through his experience. Mm. I do like the Midnight Sun sort of comics and things like that, and focusing Ooh. on sort of different different groups of the the Marvel universe. So so that's probably the biggest incentive for me to play this is just to see where they go with the story there. Uh, then we got some Cuphead. So the delicious last course is nearly here. It's coming out. What is it now? It's the 11th of June as we record this right now. So in 19 days time, uh, the delicious last course, which is the, the DLC, which is also from what they were saying um, in the sort of Q and a on the back of this, is this is the largest Island that they've made to date in the Cuphead, Cuphead, uh, Cuphead universe and some of the bosses are the biggest that they've seen in the game as well. Hmm. I enjoyed the snippet that they showed um, of Miss Chalice um, doing her thing and showing her special move and everything like that. So um, it's good to see that they're probably going to get like a second wind resurgence of fans and everything. So It's just the art style is just so unique and distinctive. Like the second you so see pretty. it, it's like, am I like... You know, am I watching a cartoon from the 50s here? Like, it is so well done. Like, Shooter MDHR are just so good. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to give this a spin and, and jump in June 30 and get punished repeatedly and realize I'm not a very good gamer. Um, the next one, Neon White. It's a stylish card-based shooter slash platformer. And the cool thing is it was, it was announced here at Summer Game Fest, and it's actually out in five days' time from recording, so you'll be able to purchase this game from June 16th. So the game itself didn't really work for me as far as the trailer. Um, yeah. Stylings-wise, there was things that, like, I was like, oh, that looks cool, I like that. But overall, um, I don't see me, like, clamoring to play it. Like, this was this would probably be definitely one of those things that if I ever saw it on Game Pass, I might try it. Yeah, that's that's a fair call. Uh, it definitely, like, it looked like a Nintendo Switch game to me, and that's yeah, not yeah. being disrespectful yeah, to Nintendo and the games that exist on that platform. But, yeah, like, shooting with card-based... There is some, like, the, the characters, they, they are in an anime style... And there is some interaction and some back and forth between the characters. So if you can sort of have some RPG elements attached to it, maybe. Mm. But it's certainly not a day one pickup for me, that's for sure. Uh, after that, we got an announcement regarding Warframe. So uh, they've confirmed the Daviri Paradox expansion is on its way. And then they also uh, had a broader a broader um, bit of information where if, if you're watching right now or you're doing certain things, you can now get this this other Warframe skin or oh, suit. Yeah. 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 It was a bit awkward, that one. I'm just going to put it out there. It was, it was a little a bit little awkward. Little mm. and, and, and like you, you mentioned at the start regarding when Schofield was up there talking about the Callisto Protocol, he set the precedent as far as praising Jeff Keighley and it went... <laughs> From there, every person that was on that stage was like, Jeff, you're the best. Thank you so much. Don't get me started about his terrible suit and shoe combination. That was Why that was, was a choice. I liked his shoes. Everyone said crap about his shoes, and I liked his like shiny, reflective black sneakers. I think it's because I think either the jacket or the shoes, they need to be the same level of shininess. You can't have one outshining the other. It's either you go a muted black blazer and the shiny shoes, but because he had this 
shiny blazer that was then like dim compared to the shiny shoes it just just rubbed me the wrong way am i a fashionista no but apparently i'm today but it uh just didn't hit for me but uh the next one it raised an eyebrow for me at the very least so we got honkai starrel aka zzz um so that's zenless zone zero so they're two games if you love your your gacha games you love your genshin impact you want genshin impact in space you can get Honkai Star Rail and Zenless Zone Zero coming in the near future where they will gouge you for every penny, no doubt, that is in your wallet, but you'll probably get some cute characters and weapons off the back of it. I will play this. I will look at it and see what it's like when it comes out because I really enjoy Genshin Impact, but look more of the same just in space. (laughs) Yeah, because space is scary. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of space theme. Like, I didn't really pick up on that until you you mentioned it earlier. I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of space games here. I put it in the Discord. You you just kind of went into our uh, 8-bit Discord and you kind of asked what everyone's impressions were. And I just, that's what I wrote. I just said, your game is like space. (laughs) It's everywhere. Your game is like, well, your your game is like Ninja Turtles. You don't need to wait long for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge because it's launching on June the 16th. Uh, the release date news comes alongside the info that Casey Jones will also be a playable character and a new six-player mode was also announced. Mm-hmm. So you and five others can jump in as the Turtles and Casey in April or Splinter and uh, kick and punch and swing a sword and size and microphones till your heart's content. It looked so busy with six players on the screen though like i wonder if it would be too much because the character models are almost just like blending into one big pixely gloop because there's so much shit going on but i'm still keen to play this and we confirm that it's coming to game pass as well like yeah. oh yeah i have enough issues in like streets of rage where i am clearly a just completely different character yet i still think <laughs> i'm the other character so i can only imagine the difficulty i'm gonna have when i'm playing as one turtle and there's like well, technically, there would only be three other ones, but still, it's it's going to be chaos. But maybe that good kind of chaos where everyone's yelling at each other. I'm keen to give it a go and see how see how smooth that connection is. If, if oh, yeah. there is potentially six people coming in from all around the globe to try and play, but I'm excited for it. And um, friend of the show, Dane Peavy, was was chatting to us the other day, and he showcased some of the the like the limited run games collector's editions you can get for this. And there's a $200 kit that comes with so many cool things. I'm like, oh, do I want it? Yeah, but it's a little bit too spicy for me. So I'm going gonna, gonna to let that one go. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the Pizza Hut deal. <gasps> well, it, it comes with a Pizza Hut um, coupon in, in this limited run games as well. But tell us about the Pizza Hut deal. That was it. That, that, that's, oh. what, that's what you were going to get excited about. Oh, okay. I'm hoping it means that Pizza Hut will bring back the Ninja Turtles themed pizzas here in Australia at least oh, because I like the pepperoni green. with the uh, the mutagen ranch sauce on the top. Mm, Delicious. Delicious. Uh, we also got another trailer for One Piece. Uh, One Piece Odyssey is the game in question we're talking about and uh, didn't show a ton of gameplay, mostly just sort of interactions with certain characters from the manga or the anime Okay, like, I, I enjoy One Piece. I'm not anywhere near up to date because this thing is eternal and goes forever, but mm. I think it's really great. And from what I can see from, from fans of, of the series, the game looks good. 
I, I was actually really impressed. It was like one of these things where I'm like, do I just play the game and not watch the anime? Like, it <laughs> looks really good. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I know I play we'll... games slow, but I still think I could finish this before watching the entire One Piece. Yeah, it, it is eternal. It does not, it never ends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next top. one that... The next one they showcased was actually the game you talked about earlier in what we've been doing, and we got uh, we got a nice gameplay trailer for Metal Hellsinger. Oh, I don't think we need to jump into that. We talked about how great that was earlier yep. in the piece. Ali approved. Ali approved. The next one, uh, this one in- interested me. This was on my notes as far as I want to give this a go, and it's, it's a game yeah. called Nightingale. So we got a longer, more detailed look at uh, Aaron Flynn and Inflection's upcoming survival game. So the game itself is you, you, you acquire realm cards and you combine them to open up these, these fey gates to go to different realms and alternate realities. Mm-hmm. And depending on the card combinations you sort of uh, acquire and, and duel out into this, this gate, you'll be met with various other atrocities or, or certain difficulty curves and craziness. And I like this, this sliders-esque game in a fantasy world like i'm i'm intrigued this is this is one of the games that stood out for me the last couple of days yeah i like i remember when this first got mentioned and it did pique my interest because they describe it as like you know survival building and i like i also like the old timely kind of like like the aesthetic like of like how your characters look and all the equipment that's being used it's and there was the card element that kind of threw me off i'm like oh don't tell me there's like this whole complex card thing that we apparently are really obsessing over in the past two years a lot of card based games but it's cards it's, and I, space. I, I, cards and space yes um we got to so get on this first we got to make a space card game and we'll take zombies. over the market with zombies <laughs> yeah. um but like overall, I think I will still try and give this game a, a go because it's just there's too many positives and there are negatives that I can see so far. So this one's definitely on the radar. Graphically, it looked like Elder Scrolls. It reminded me very much of walking around uh, worlds in Elder Scrolls. But then also being able to go through these these gates to these different Fey realms and then build civilizations there like build a house up or a community i like that you could sort of be jumping through these gates to various um establishments and and little little townships you're building all around all around the multiverse i guess yeah whatever they've established there but um yeah i'm very i'm i want to learn more about it because i still have some questions and curiosities about Mm. it but i guess time will tell definitely like if, if they can sort of take some nods from something like No Man's Sky where you can jump into shared universes of friends and, you know, populate these unique realms. I think that could be really cool. (laughs) Uh, The next next announcement we got, uh, Saints Row Boss Factory. So Volition announced that uh, there's a free app that lets you use the game's custom character creator to build your own main, char- uh, your own main character before the game arrives. See, the game is coming out on the 23rd of August. We were talking about this offline. This is, this is a positive step for you because you were a little bit worried that we were going to be limited into just playing as the, the character that I guess they announced with the trailer itself where you are going to be playing yeah. you thought we'll, we'll be playing like this boss woman but now you can play your own imagining of the boss and make them as absolutely ludicrous and absurd as you'd like 
Yeah, the um the library of what people have already created is monstrosities. Um, but I am looking forward to making my own character. So I don't know if I'll do that now or just wait until the game's release. Are you going to try and make someone that looks as close to you as possible or are you going to lean into the madness? No, always. Always got to look like myself. And then if I do a second run, then we kind of start getting creative. You you gotta you gotta tip the old hat to volition because the options and the customization that you can do on these characters is absolutely absurd in all the best kinds of ways. Someone's made sexy Squidward. Oh. Yeah. That just weirds me out in general, that whole sexy Squidward thing. Me but too. you know what? Power to them. Everyone's me got too. their kinks. You wanna me have true. sex with an octopus? Go go no, don't go right ahead. That's that's really bad. Let's move on very squid. swiftly here. <laughs> He's a squid. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, why did I say octopus then? I don't know. Same, same, but different. Let's carry on. I'm sorry, mollusks. Uh, Warhammer Darktide. So Warhammer 40,000 Darktide got an extended gameplay trailer. I wrote for my notes with this as, how the hell is there so many Warhammer games in development? Like there's 7 million different Warhammer games coming out. Like, I'm not sad about it. Like, it's a very deep universe with lots of stories and characters to tell. But holy hell, another Warhammer game? Uh, like, there's a lot of them that have released where I really haven't given a damn. I played Vermitide. Ver- Vermitide, yeah. Vermitide. And that actually wasn't too bad. Um, And then watching this trailer, it kind of looks fun. Like, I just want to grab, like, a team and just, like, because it just looked like it was just hordes and hordes and hordes and hordes and you just making a mess and just having chaos and destruction and i think i kind of just enjoy that mindlessness so i it, it, i'm actually surprised that a like a warhammer game got my attention it reminds me of the dungeons and dragons dark alliance game that came out a year a year and a half ago maybe where it was oh. a squad based game in the D universe where there was four characters available. You couldn't you couldn't double them up. You had to you know pick one of each, and that's what mm. this is. There's four unique characters, different classes, different abilities, and you're going through this this broader world. It, it looked looked interesting. It looked pretty violent and pretty hectic. Uh, like that forty k world is great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah space, space as is tradition. So uh, yeah, it's it looks it looks fun. Uh, it's it's more Warhammer. If anyone's a fan of that world or, or likes yeah. big beefcakes shooting big guns or wielding wielding chainsaw blades this is the game for you Mm. Uh, jumping back into the horror uh so bloober team has officially announced layers of fears a psychedelic horror psychedelic horror chronicle made in unreal engine 5 and coming to pc playstation 5 and xbox series x slash s in early 2023 in my first notes i wrote down Jeff Keely, you're an idiot. It's layers of fear because he said it is layers of fears. And I'm like, that's not a thing. And then I realized, okay, it's a new thing. I'm sorry, Jeff. I retract that statement. Good. I'm glad, I'm glad that you did. Um, really pretty. Um, and then we're obviously seeing them release it strictly on PC, PS5, um, and Xbox series X and S. Um, so they're, they've, they've done the whole, like, sorry guys, we're, we're building this for the, the beefier, (laughs) beefier engines and we want to make something, something pretty. And from what we saw in the trailer, it was gorgeous. Like it was scary, obviously, but like it was gorgeous. It was very, very pretty. 
I'm 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 curious what they're doing with the story as well. Um, I I know like I never played the first one. I watched a lot of playthroughs because it was interesting. But I'm also a chicken, um. So um, I'm curious what's happening with the story with this one. Me too. Like I've I've played the original Layers of Fear and. It is very heebie-jeebie stuff and can be very freaky and scary. So I'm wondering if they're going to reimagine the story or if it's just going to be a retelling just with this Unreal Engine 5 coding over the top. I'm not sad about it because the game's been out a, a, a good amount of time. Yeah. And Bloober are just keeping very busy. Like, uh, you know, they're still attached to some Silent Hill stuff. They just did the medium. They're, they've got layers of fears on the way. They've, they've got plenty of games and plenty of things in the in the works so uh it's it's cool to see and the fact that it's in early 2023 means we don't have to wait too long to uh play this game on whatever next gen platform you'd like to play it on and uh, we can all get scared together true we got uh another another gameplay video of gotham knights this one focusing on nightwing i um my same thing like just with uh layers of fears notes i was writing my notes for this and Nightwing, when they first showed him, he had a certain hairstyle and then the next scene, it was completely different. I'm like, Hey, what, what's happened? Where's my Nightwing gone? Why has he got this buzz cut? Now? And then I realized obviously you can just customize your, your Nightwing to, to see fit. Uh, it was fine. I'm still lukewarm on Gotham Knights when it comes out later this year. I think the thing that still irks me the most is, that it's only two-player, you can't play four-player squads, that's the part that really grinds my gears. Because the squad yeah. of four, you've got four unique characters, bring Literally them all together, goddammit. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming it must be something to the way they traverse or something. I have no idea. Um, but, uh, yeah. I, like uh, Gotham Knights has been one of those titles where I was hyped when I first heard it, and then I've kind of been on like a slope. Like it hasn't gone all the way down of disinterest, but it's like it's kind of it's just hitting this like like kind of like you said, like a lukewarm kind of interest in it. Would it hype you more up if it was set in space? I mean, it seems to be a winning combination. They're fools <laughs> for not putting it in space. Yeah, but hopefully, hopefully it can rebuild that momentum for at least us here on the show. I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there that are, that are super keen to, to jump back in and see what WB games have been up to. It's got that Arkham uh, flavor all over it, but yeah, just make it four players. Let us play as all four characters at one time. Like maybe that's in a future like release or update, but maybe. it's just weird to me. Very missed opportunity, big missed opportunity there. And, um, this sort of rounds out where Summer Game Fest came to a close and obviously there was some some discourse we'll talk about in the tweet of the week that came about from this too, but uh, the, the big focal point for the closer of Summer Game Fest was all about The Last of Us, specifically The Last of Us Part 1. So they did, they did talk about as well The Last of Us Part 2, uh, you know, two-year anniversary from when that game came out, so there was some love for that. But they've officially announced the the remake of The Last of Us Part 1, rebuilt from the ground up for the PlayStation 5. It's coming out on September the 2nd of this year. And then we also got the first official photo of the HBO's The Last of Us series with uh, Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey there just looking at each other, hiding in the museum. Anyone that's, that's played the game will know what that scene is is referencing. Mm. 
And we had uh, Troy, we had Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson come up on stage as well for this, doing a bit of a bit of a back and forth with Jeff Keeley, and it was it was a bit awkward um, with with Jeff and obviously Neil Druckmann up there too. The, the back and forth with the four of them it was a bit awkward, and Jeff kept interrupting them when they were trying to talk. It felt a few times I'm like Jeff, just shush, just let them say their piece. I think the most awkward thing that actually came from it um, was like having Troy and Ashley there who are, you know, they are the voices, they are the, the, you know, the basis of these, you know, characters of a groundbreaking series. Like, you know, it's, you can't deny that their involvement obviously made it the game that it is only for them to have to stand on stage for um Druckmann to kind of just say so we've used all their stuff and we're just using AI to make it impressive we're using all the old audio but then we're upping up the graphics and I'm like to me that just says like we didn't need to use you guys again we didn't have to call you in for this we just used your old shit so we didn't have to pay you like that's like obviously there's probably more details there that I don't know about, but having them on stage and he even kind of like looked at it and said like, we didn't need to bring you guys in because we used AI and we kind of, you know, took the t- took what we had and then we, you know, placed it on top and then we used the old audio. And the, like, I don't know. I like, I reckon if I was sitting on stage, I'm like, you're telling me to my face that you did everything that you could not to call us in and, you know, work on getting this remastered. But, you know, um, or remade or whatever, but so that that was the awkward thing for me because he was just telling it to their faces, and I I I think I would get a little bit shirty on that. So, um, but like I mean, in saying that, seeing the comparisons, it was pretty impressive. I don't know if I would have noticed without comparisons too much, but um, having them you know front and center, um, I was actually pretty impressed with how polished it looks from how it originally did. It was it was smooth in the in the trailer how they were showcasing and having that slider where they were saying you know here's the here's the PS4 version then sliding it across to what the PS5 remake is going to look like and vice versa and seeing those textures and levels of detail increase or decrease depending on which way the slider was going but yeah but I'm with you like that whole final closing segment it felt tense and cagey because obviously. Um, I guess we, I guess we could just sort of weave it into this discussion and just go sweet of the week into this piece as well. And what's happened was just you know moments prior to Summer Game An Fest really yeah. popping off, Nebelian on the, on social media and then a whole host of the other sort of newsbreakers out there um, got confirmation and showed the box art that The Last of Us Part One remake had popped up. On the official PlayStation Store as well. So this wasn't done like a stealth leak from from some anonymous source. This was done by Sony directly where this popped up an hour before Summer Game Fest where this was going to be the big closing note, the big like boom, and it's coming out September the 2nd for PlayStation 5 and confirmed that it's coming to PC as well. So... So when Neil Druckmann got up there, he was very, very frustrated and was taken... Not very subtle shots. He was taking shots wherever he could to like, hey, so like we're working on these other things, Sony. Do you want to? Do you want to leak that too? And we got this coming. Do you want to leak that? Yeah. He was pissed. Yeah. And I get it. I I get it too. Like I like having like something to work on and lead up and have being like obviously what was going to be a very pinnacle point of this you know overall games fest an hour before. Um, the speculation is whoever like kind of was in charge of it was probably off by like some weird time difference, but 
either or. Like um, people found out about it before, so we saw trailers, we saw you know screenshots, we saw everything before Games Fest even started. So um, overall, like I don't think it ruined it for me. I you know oh, we we also learned about um, both Ashley and Troy are actually going to be in the series, not mm-hmm. as their original characters, obviously, um, but um, they have said like they're not they're not just like a quick glance and a wink at the camera. They they're they're playing actual characters, so I'm glad that they got that out. But yeah, I mean, it's it must suck working towards something and then having it not only spoiled in general, but an hour. An hour and spoiled by, I guess, your your parents in a way yeah, you could exactly. say, yeah. you know. So so yeah, that sort of took a bit of wind out of the sails there. But off the back end of that as well, Neil Druckmann said he's working on another game, not Last of Us related. Didn't go mm. into specifics. Subtle nod to we'll talk about it when Sony spoils it again or leaks that. And then the mm-hmm. other part was we got some very uh, brief discussion on the standalone multiplayer game, which. You know, at first was going to be part of The Last of Us Part 2 when it was announced, then it was going to come out later, yeah. and it's coming out even later again. You know, no shots or disrespect in that regard, but the game itself, from what Neil Druckmann was saying, is it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and he's now saying that the, the, the game universe itself is bigger than what is in the last, like in The Last of Us Part 1 or Part 2. So this is going to be a standalone multiplayer game featuring a brand new cast of characters, and it looks like at least part of the game is going to be set in San Francisco. So different location, yeah. different characters, different story. And we're going to hear more about it in 2023. So we don't even know if it's going to be out in 2023, but we're going to hear more about it and I guess get that official trailer and maybe gameplay slice in 2023 at some stage. But yeah, it looks like this game just got out of control and I didn't realize how big it was going to be and it's just led to a lot of delays. Yeah. But it's it's gonna do well regardless when it comes out. So everyone seems pretty hyped, and yeah, well, I guess if there's ever a time for me to return to Last of Us, I I have an opportunity. Maybe you do, you do. You don't have to wait too long at all. September the second on PlayStation Five. But uh, if you want to play it on PC, that will be coming at a later date as well. But Miss Hart, what's your overall feelings for Summer Game Fest? Like, do you, do we want to try and put it on a, a grading scale? Is is it a fine? Is it eight bit approved? I don't know. Or do we go like is it one through ten? How are we going to mark this thing? I don't know. It's really hard because there were some some spectacular titles and some wonderful trailers that we did see, um, but then there was just a lot of like, in my personal opinion, for how I felt, um, a lot of things I just did not care about. A lot of fluff. There were yeah. So and unfortunately, overall, how I felt the presentation is that they hit a high. They kept they they hit a few good titles, and then it kind of just started like going downhill and really losing my interest. Um, I would, at that case, I would say it would be a fine. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a struggling fine. Um, too much space, as I've said, (laughs) I I thought that that was funny that there was just some weird consistency that a lot of titles were set in space, but yeah, that like, I, I want to say that I still love the set piece. I love this, like, you know, immersive like screens and ground and background backdrop, like displays. I think that's still beautiful. So I hope it stays online because I think that's gorgeous. Um, but yeah, overall, I, you know, I was kind of, you know, it could be deemed almost forgettable. Yeah, it was, I'm with you, like fine is probably as high as I'd give it. Like I wouldn't say it was, was good to great 
if if that's the if that's the grading scale, if it goes fine, good, great, perfection or something, I don't know. We'll have to we'll workshop that offline. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there there was some really really high 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 points as far as some of the games that got a little bit more runtime or debuted or we just got to see a little bit more under the hood. But then there was a lot of games that just weren't for me. They were probably for other people and that's amazing. But it felt also too that maybe some of the things that weren't getting talked about due to delays, maybe they had some other big moments planned for it, but they had to slide due to crunch and COVID situations where maybe they had to move them off this showcase and then they maybe had to pivot. A few of these games that got thrown in there, it felt like maybe they were last minute ads. They're like, what do you got made? I didn't want to say that, but I agree. Yeah, like, and and they were still a bit undercooked. And and I'm not disrespecting the people that are working on these. Don't get me, don't sort of, you know, don't hear me for what I'm not saying there. I'm just saying it felt like there was some pretty stark contrast with some of the games as far as a level of polish and readiness to present. And then others where they're like, holy shit, Mary Sue's sick. Can you fill in? And, you know, yeah. can, can, you, can you jump in here? And, and testament to everyone that did get showcased that it's, it's awesome. I love that they're all, you know, building these fantastic interactive pieces of media, but yeah. it was very night and day in some of the, some of the presentations and the announcements. So yeah, it's, I'd say it's fine. The, the clear winners for me was definitely the Callisto protocol routine and then other ones like um, Night, Nightingale. And then the, the Last of Us, even though it did get broken an hour before, I think some of the pieces that they did mention and showcase in there, I'm still pretty excited for it. So they, they were sort of the, the winners that, that I took away from it from my perspective. Yeah, I'd be the same with you with Callista Protocol. I was impressed with Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, I, I, I kind of got a little bit of interest peaked into American Arcadia. Um, but, oh, and obviously um, Metal Hellsinger. But um, like there was like a lot of like there was a lot of things where I was kind of like, oh, like, you know, but I don't know if I was completely fully sold on them. So, um, yeah, I, I got to learn about some titles that I didn't know about, maybe wouldn't have known about without this. But overall, kind of. Yeah. And that's it. And that, that's the best thing with these showcases is games will pop up that were not on your radar at all that are now on your watch list and you want to exactly. follow them along and and see how they how they come to be closer to release date. But um. If you're not playing The Quarry this week and you're looking for other things to do, we got you covered. New releases and events. And the first one, as far as new podcasts coming out this week, obviously you're going to get a secondary showcase podcast recap coming out from us midweek where we'll be covering off on all those other uh, upcoming showcase. We're talking the two Xbox and Bethesda showcases, Capcom, Gorilla Collective, and the PC Gaming Showcase. Uh, also, Yen rolled first. Uh, Yen cast first, I should say, is finally coming out on the Eight Crit RSS feed. So that is going to be the full season released day one, all there for you to consume. So get that in your ear holes. Any feedback you've got while you are listening is also appreciated. Be sure to hit us up and uh, let me know what you think. Yen cast first. Uh, as far as TV, new series debuting this week. We've got The Lake on Amazon, as well as Iron Chef. Quest for an Iron Legend on Netflix. Sign us up. I'm so down. I am so down. As far as new movies coming out this week to the cinemas, Men and Lightyear are making its way to the AU cinemas and I'm assuming it's going to tie in across the world as far as the new horror movie there, Men, as well as the 
the, the real life. life story of Lightyear. Yeah, that 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 one's so weird to me, Lightyear. But men looks weird too, so. It looks super weird, but it looks great. And as far as games coming out this week, once you have finished The Quarry and you don't feel like replaying it straight away, you can jump over and play Neon White on Switch and PC, Redout 2, uh, Starship Troopers Terran Command, and Teenage Mutant, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge all coming out this week. But Miss Hart, that brings us to the official end of THG 287. Anything else you want to shout out before we close this sucker down for a few days? Uh, no, just like I guess, you know, you heard us kind of like talk about what we like, what we don't like, what we didn't like and everything like that. But just the full on disclaimer, games are for everyone, but not every game's going to be for you. So just enjoy and we've got a lot more to follow up on next week. Perfectly said. And um, yeah, if you wanted to join in on that discussion on our Discord, if you listen to this podcast right now, obviously just check the show notes. There's a direct link there to get access to our Discord. So click on that link, come on in and let us know your thoughts, your your winners, your MVPs of these gaming showcase events because yeah, we'd love to hear from you and uh, just, just see what tickled your pickles and why because uh, we're always looking for, for new games to play and new games to discuss. But Miss Hart, yeah, that's the end of THG 287 i guess it's time to get on out of here listeners if you're on the epic store be sure to use the code 8bit as your creator of choice but until next time much love and stay hungry you've been listening to the hungry gamers one of many gaming and geek culture related podcasts from the 8-bit collective over on 8bit.net check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice and while you're there please be sure to rate and subscribe until next time boys and girls stay hungry